I don't want to go off on a, on, a, on a tangent, but how about that depiction of Maul in that last episode of Clone Wars? Oh, I mean, you ever wanted oh. to see Maul at full badassery that's not oh, duel of the face? That's the one we're talking about here where she lets him loose. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he goes full Sith Lord just being yeah. a fucking she badass. Cost him chaos, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to I'm going to tear apart the hyperdrives <laughs> using the force. So I told Gavin, I'm like, he went full Magneto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just love the scene where she, where they're like, oh, we got to get out of here. And they go running away. And then it cuts to him. He's just sitting there holding the steel plate and then just cuts their heads off. Oh, yeah. Slams them yeah. with two walls and then uh, starts walking forward. Yeah, Which, it, it, it's another reason why I love the Clone Wars a lot more than the, the like sequel trilogy is they did such a good job of being like, hey, he doesn't have a lightsaber. Doesn't mean he's not a punk, though, because mm-hmm. he it, still has the force. You mean they don't forget their Jedi when the storyline needs it suddenly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's always yeah. been a thing for me with with Star Wars outside of the original trilogy. Is like, and like everybody's like, I want a lightsaber. I'm like, yo, the force is like, wait, the force is like what makes a Jedi a Jedi to, to me. Mm-hmm. And like, like the lightsaber's um, cool and all, but like it's not the most important part. Well, yeah, like you you pick up a a sword that can cut anything that weighs, you know, as much as a feather and you're not attuned to the force and you're going to just lop your own head off. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll immediately just dismember yep. yourself. Well, it's there because it's like, okay, all things being equal, I use force powers, use force powers, we're at a standstill. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You, you know, uh, I think one of the best depictions of, and admittedly there's a lot of lightsaber play, but uh, when you look at those, uh, is it Jindy Tartakovsky? Is that his name? The guy that did Samurai Jack? Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. you dislike them because you don't like Dirge. Uh, but I, those I original... don't like that cartoon. Yeah. Samurai Jack is a work of fucking art. No, I, I uh, agree. Like... 100%, man. That is so, so good. But but those Clone War cartoons, especially the one with like Mace Windu when he's facing like a thousand droids uh, yeah. and, and he is just using the force and, like a like telekinesis like a motherfucker. And, yeah, he goes full the, badass. The, the, on pow- the power creep on that show was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it's so entertaining. I love that style. I love that whole... I love those cartoons. It's such a bummer they're not canon. This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now, it's time to open... The Adventurer's Vault. Alrighty, well, welcome back. Uh, welcome back, Vault Dwellers. Uh, looks like this episode we get to have some more fun and fuckery. Well, <laughs> that's, please. that's quite the intro. Uh, I believe you guys are sleeping off a hangover after spending the evening at the Church of Domael. Uh, you guys haven't even been in town 24 hours, and look at all the shit you've stirred up. <laughs> okay, but that's a bucket list, man. If you go to fucking <laughs> Kasserot, you're like, we should really get wasted at the Temple of Domael. Like, bucket list check. I mean, to be fair, it kind of is. Yeah. yeah. By the way, not to take us out of the uh, the actual you know thing, but one of my now favorite moments of all time is the... Uh, the process that Hatham went through in choosing his, 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 his oh my god, that was great. I, I, I was disappointed he didn't ask for one that shit diamonds though. That would have been that. There you go. Yeah, that's one a, that shit diamonds. Well, you know, if I was sober, 
that would have been like top of the <laughs> there's list. one sitting on a pile of diamonds in the corner it's like we can't get him to stop shitting diamonds they're perfect too but if do... only someone would pick me what do i need uh... with rocks i've got father becca for rocks that's right <laughs> you can summon a stone once per day <laughs> just like that imp over there basically the same so you guys <laughs> have received a summon to the council of the gods I'll, no gods, no man. I'll worry about that five after five hours of sleep. So the council of the gods is uh, is by the uh, is probably somewhere around the um, the hellspire. No, what's the um, uh, that Sears Roebuck that, building? That letter my uh, my father sent me. It's around the, the holy grounds. The holy grounds yeah. where I would be okay. welcome. If so, only we had an yes, expert I'll, about your um, character. <laughs> yeah. yeah anybody know anything about his character? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller. <laughs> Out on the Divine Loop, where all of the different gods have their estates, there's a little split in the road, and there's almost like an island of land in the middle. And there is a, kind of a amphitheater, and that is the Chamber of the Gods. So once a month, the representatives, uh, representatives from each god in the Pantheon meet there to discuss things that they think are relevant to to the gods, and then report back. That's kind of the, the gist of what it is. And you guys have been been asked to attend this next one. They meet at uh, at dusk, uh, pretty much once a month, night of the full moon. Oh wow! So good fortuitous timing. Well, gosh, unfortunately, it was last night. (laughs) I'm going to don my robes with the least number of tears and stains. I'm going to get some of that fancy silver thread. Yeah, I mean, right, we'll wash up from like the the alcohol, but I I imagine he's an elf, so it's like just not that bad. <laughs> like I don't know, that's, that's you, my you ever, like annoyingly yeah, sober yeah, yeah. and fine. Just put on heads throbbing and fresh clothes, and you're out there doing calisthenics. Richard, after a good brunch, I am going to spend most of the afternoon praying for death. <laughs> so just murder me now. Good Rod- to know. Roddy, glance over to Sharon. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'll just wander the house. Like, I'll just wander the grounds, you know? Like, because he's going to be a little hungover. Like, now I'm not just like, yeah, I'm first. Like, but, so he doesn't really want to talk to anybody, but he'll wander around and just see if there's anything important to know. I imagine at this point, at some point, there would be food served that we could try and sober up on. And and, and indeed, there is. Sure, like, our hangovers. At certain points in the day, they something to get more blood in my alcohol system. Yeah. They come in and check <laughs> on you to see if you, you, know, you want any food brought up. <laughs> Master um, Hatham, we have greasy pork for you. Would you care for another slice? <laughs> We're making a gravy from the grease. There's more more grease. Oh, God, please. Something to soak up whatever it is that is poisoning me. Father, Father Becker, would you like... Would you stop yelling at me, Hatham? <laughs> for God's sakes, man, I'm right here. Hatham, like, stirs a, uh, stirs a uh, glass. Like, would you like something for the hangover? Yeah. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Goddamn alchemist. Yes. Yes. Please. Please, God, anything. I was like, I'm going to murder you. Wait a minute. Is that a cure? He starts to chug it in the middle of it. He realizes it's just a bottle of whiskey. It's not alchemical. It's mostly raw eggs. (laughs) Then no. (laughs) Do you have anything alchemical? If I had anything alchemical, don't you think I'd be drinking it with you? Um, do you have anything that stops hallucinations? Because I keep seeing this little green creature crawling all over your shoulder. 
I've got to be. I've got to be honest. He keeps looking at me and sticking out his little tongue, and I swear to God, I'm gonna. We'll deal I'm with gonna that. I'm gonna vomit. Hate them hands him a blindfold. <laughs> actually, that, that is actually a great idea. There's too much sun pouring in through those windows. I'm gonna go take a nap, and I put on the blindfold. Christ. So, Roddy, as you're wandering around, you actually meet several members of the Heverin family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garvis, who you met uh, earlier, he is one of the members of the Heverin family. They actually live here on the grounds. They they have uh, served the Rathskeller family for many generations. Um, so they occupy a number of positions in the household. Uh, you actually run into to Joan and Heverin, who is the current chief of household. Uh, so he kind of makes sure everything's taken care of around here. Uh, you know, and Roddy's not pretending to be anyone like super important, like the uh, the father and hate them are. Uh, he's just like if, if they'll shoot the shit, he'll just chit chat with them. Like, yeah, I mean, nobody here is super formal. They're yeah. all like polite, mm-hmm. um, but nobody here is particularly uptight, especially the Heaven family. Yeah, they're they're fairly, um, you know, the kind of that everyman feel for yeah. the most part. So this isn't stuffy butler, um, but at the same time, they're not. I mean, they're not too loose either. Yeah. Well, I'll bug them for like things like, okay, you've lived here long. Like, what's a good place to eat? Blah blah blah. What's something people should know? What do residents know that like visitors wouldn't? Just shit like that, you know. Um. Well, he actually like points out that some of the stuff was in the booklet that you were handed. Right. Right. Um. <laughs> but yeah, there's many places over in the city proper because there are several very distinct districts here. So when you guys came in, you were initially in the city proper. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody that uh, has property there, so all of those people are uh, worshippers of Asmodeus. You you can't own property in the city proper unless you are. Right. But he does tell you, like, here's a number of restaurants and bakeries and places and the different businesses. Oh, no, this is particularly wonderful. You know, that's particular. This, this has that. You know, just lists off, lists off a number of places. Right. Where's the blood sport? <laughs> All right. Like, I, was just, I was just checking. Hmm. hmm. He's like, you. Hmm. So. Actually, perception on that. Is he just ignoring me because I'm dumb or is he not saying anything? Good. Give me the perception check. Uh, 19. Damn, I'm rolling bad. It streaks over. Uh, you think it's probably more towards the because uh, you're dumb. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, sometimes you just ask, her, like, hey, where's the where's the blood pits? Like, oh, we don't have blood pits. Oh, shit, there's actually blood pits? <laughs> I was just fucking with you. Where are they at? Uh, he does point out that the way that it, it breaks down is that each of the gods' estates, which, by the way, some of these are pretty large estates. Mm-hmm. These, you know, many square miles of land, and sometimes many even tens and hundreds of square miles. It, there's some big estates out there. Uh, so the way it works is those are essentially, they belong to those gods. So they set their own rules there and their own laws. So, like, Domael is very open. Everybody come and party, uh, which happens there. But several of the other places, they're not. Like, the, the main Asmodian estate is very locked down because you guys went by it. It's walled. It's guarded. And each of them kind of have their own little set of rules. And some of them have public areas where anybody can go and, and kind of check it out. But um, then they may have private areas where people can't go. So they all kind of have their own little, little thing going on there. Uh, but... You know, so some of those, well, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's rumors. For the most part, there's nothing like that. Everything is very orderly in the rest of the, the city. In the International District, um, a lot of people come here for the Academy. Now, nobody still can own land there, but people who are not Asmodians can lease property there. Mm-hmm. So it's still actually all owned by the Asmodians. 
So pretty much everybody there is fairly wealthy. Um, you know, every nation or city state or anything that's got any size has a diplomat that's housed there somewhere. And, you know, businesses, a lot of, uh, you know. Does, uh, did you say nations? Yes. Like, does Caliban have something here? Oh, absolutely. Interesting. Everybody who's anybody has at least a diplomat of some sort mm -hmm. that's here. This is just too much of a hub for it to not be, which is one way that some people will find a place to stay here because the city proper has no inns. There's no place for outsiders to stay. What time is it? Um, I mean, you're probably already into afternoon, but it's early afternoon for you. And is that are the um, embassies close by the um this the well they would be in the international district which is by where the academy is so the academy is the, the international district the center section is the academy yeah the section around it is where all of that would be and they don't actually have technically embassies but yeah. they're all going to have leased a property and there will be a diplomat here right sort. right how far away i mean brian doesn't really answer this but like could one go visit that place and still make it to the speaker place on time i mean yeah sure it's a, i mean because you're not that far from the International District. Yeah. Uh, so most you're going to have is a couple of miles. Roddy's off. Okay. Uh, the rest of these guys need more sleep. Were you? What were you wanting to do in particular? Because it might take you a little bit to find it. But oh. Yeah, okay, I was going to say. Um, could I um, ask what some of the people uh, around in the estate, uh, they would know anything about archives or anything like that? A place where there would be information that a Shirian could his hands on basically information about anything well i mean the library uh the academy is probably okay. the biggest repository of public information anyway right well, the will probably check that out whenever he wakes okay uh so what do you want to do with the uh with uh caliban over there so i mean if, if it's just a, a little officer diplomat i mean i'll just check in and be like you know i have first lieutenant roddy caliban defense force um any news from home so here's a, you like you have to ask around. Yeah, yeah. Because you know the, the, there's not signs like that. It's really not an embassy. Yeah. Just, most of these diplomats will have leased a small apartment or mm -hmm. maybe a townhouse, which was the case for Caliban. Uh, as a matter of fact, some people tell you that they give you the address and say, "Well, there's a townhouse there." That mm -hmm. uh, when you get there, the 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 townhouse is locked. So like you knock on the door, mm -hmm. wait, nothing happens. Um, you know, you kind of do the looking around in windows kind of thing. Yeah. And you don't see... Uh, is there anybody, like, any passers-by? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, this is a busy area. I just grabbed one, but uh, pardon me, would you know if that has been closed for a while? Um, yeah, except to ask a couple of people. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. So finally, uh, somebody, you know, is, you actually catch somebody going into the townhouse next door, mm -hmm. and uh, the, there's a lady, she says, oh, no, no, that's the diplomat from Caliban, yes. No, no, they they left. Uh, what? Just I, I think it's been less than a week now. Mm -hmm. uh, they left. They were. I don't know if recalled is the word. Uh, apparently, there's been a bit of a kerfuffle there. Do you know anything of the type of kerfuffle? Hmm. Some sort of internal struggle. I, I I don't know if it's risen to the point of of civil war, but there's been some sort of a power change there, and I don't believe this diplomat had the authority that they they used to. Not sure. Right. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. I was going to make a snide comment about Civil War, then it turns out that's maybe a possibility. Yeah, that's very troubling. Like, Roddy is not pleased to hear these kind of things. What What? Uh, what was it you called it? Was it the... It's not the Council of Dukes. Who was it that overthrew the... Oh, uh, the, uh, the Baron. They're like, um, essentially like a, a guild of business owners. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Yes, the, but uh, apparently the uh, the the uh, is aristocracy the right word. I, I'm sorry, I'm not. No, uh, it's, it's I'm, fine. I'm not particularly knowledgeable of Caliban outside the, the knowledge of its port, but uh, uh, but apparently there's been been some problems there, and, and there's been some change in power, I believe. Mm. Right, that checks. All right, well, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. Um, and Ashirian, you are wanting to go to the library. Yeah, it's actually pretty easy to find. Uh, which leads you to both easy success and one problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you walk in, this is, it's huge. Like, you know, you look at it and you're like, uh, you know, there's kind of a grand entrance and they check your your little passport thing as you walk in. But, you know, you're allowed in. And, uh, you know, there's just, you just see rows and rows and stacks and stacks of books. And there's some helpful people there. And, uh, you know, one of the, and these are obviously students, by the way, like student workers. Uh, one of them comes up and he's like, uh, can I help you find something? What in, what information or books might you have on Arensian <laughs> folklore? And, you know, he kind of like stops and he pulls out a little book. And he's like, look, 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 look. Hmm. Uh, eighth floor, uh, row J, um, in the 700s. Thank you. Look for the section marked Bitch Tales. <laughs> So, yeah, like, you know, you make your way to the eighth floor, and as you're going up these staircases, like, you see rows and rows, stacks and stacks. Uh, oh, hate them with nothing here. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you're like, there are probably millions of tomes in here. Uh, you know, you find the section, and you're like, the 700 section alone is hundreds of books mm-hmm. and, and tomes and scrolls and just a little bit of everything um, in there. And, like, you find a section, and it, it's a section on folklore in general, but there's a lot of folklore. Not just Arensian, but just folklore. Mm-hmm. So you think you're going to be a while. Yeah. Like, this is this is not a uh, a short task. So go ahead and uh, just give me a perception check. We'll see how lucky you get the first time. Not very lucky. Oh, yeah. Anybody else have anything they want to do, or you guys still hate them and Father Becker still sleeping it off? Um, <clears throat> We were told yesterday that... Um, that information about the primal gods would probably um, not be found in, in the general in general information. It's probably something we have to go to the was it was it a hierarch or what was the name? I think she was just basically <clears throat> saying that's going to be very restricted information. Well, it's certainly from the Church of Asmodeus, it's going to be really hard. She mentioned the primarch who we met um, by the Sea of Black Energy behind that door. Yeah, the region of Asmodeus. She, she's basically saying we've barked up as much Asmodean tree as we can. We're here to talk to everybody else. Okay, so so what we're hearing is that it's unlikely that <clears throat> such topics would be addressed in the in the main library. It's it's possible, but she, she had nothing more to give to us. I think I'm just going to prepare myself for the meeting this evening, and um, I think at some point I will go see if I can find a. Uh, a place to sit in the sun and um, someplace on good earth or rocks and just sort of uh, try to get the toxins to leave my body. So uh, everybody go ahead and make me a religion check. I'll see if I can give you a little a little something there. Oh God, why am I actually hey. good at religion? 27. Yeah, it's only a... Uh... Nah, I made a choice. Okay. Uh, hey, then, 27 is pretty good. What'd you get over there? Already? I got a 24. That's pretty good, too. All right, so you guys kind of know that 
Um, this isn't the first time you've heard the information about the God's War, because, I mean, the God's War is known of, even this far, you know, far forward. It's shaped so much of the realm that people still speak of it. You know, it's not something that is completely unheard of. But as far as actual recorded information or facts, you guys know that it's been very closely held by the gods, that after the gods were the remaining gods, pretty much agreed to keep information to themselves for some reason. And very little has, has come out. So you don't suspect that you're going to just simply walk into the library and find a book on it. Um, you know, they, they, there's, there was very much a, I guess you could say, conspiracy amongst the pantheon to, to just hold some knowledge back from the realm. And it's not completely unknown that's the case, you know. Okay. Oh, sorry, go ahead, finish. I'll say, hey, them, you, um, you know, you were at a very large library at a university. You would know there's really nothing there on our Roddy, you traveled the world. Other than people talking, like, yeah, it's, it's just kind of an unknown chapter of history. We're going to have to go place to place and try to convince people to give up secrets they don't want to, is, is kind of my thought. Was. Uh, hey, Shirian, give me another perception check and see if you find it. That's going to be 23. Oh, that's a little better. So you actually find a book uh, that is about Arincian folklore. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a lot, because the, the book was put together, um, and it's really kind of myths and rumors more than it is about an actual study or, or series. Somebody just recorded a lot of hearsay, but hey, that's what folklore is. So they, they put it down there. Um, you don't find specifically what you're looking for, except... Um, in the back of the book, that whole section, there is a section that actually has different uh, poems. And you find a poem that mentions Asherian. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when you're reading it, you're like, it sounds a lot like some of the lyrics that Bard sang. Almost like he put some of this to music at some point. But, and how old is this? Uh, the book itself is probably 50 to 60 years old you know it was logged into the library over 40 years ago but you it, you know because it, it records that in the mm-hmm. front but there was no date that it was actually written but by some of the dates that you know you're flipping through you see other things that are in there you're like you think it's a little older than that so maybe 60 years old mm-hmm. somewhere in that neighborhood all right and that's about all you find before you realize it's getting late mm-hmm. and you should probably make your way out to the Chamber of the Gods. Dun, dun, dun. Do we have a moment to con- uh, confab before the um, chamber? We're all four together? Yeah, I mean, you guys can meet up just outside the area. And actually, as you guys get towards the area, you see people would be mingling in and doing the very same thing. They're kind of all chatting around front, little groups. Um, gentlemen, I think we need to talk about how much we are going to disclose to this group um, about what we know is going on. I will say that one thing I think that we should tell them, because I think it is dangerous and important enough, is that we believe that there is an effort to bring back Gilgamark and possibly something greater. I think the list of things we shouldn't tell them is going to be smaller. This is our chance to try to secure allies and information. Mm-hmm. Um, and secrecy has been the tool of the enemy. I mean, I'm... What what are we concerned about people knowing at this point? Do we... Uh, my, uh, I'm not afraid to proclaim that I believe that uh, Imran is re-emerging. Do we talk about the other primal gods maybe re-emerging as well? I'm, I'm fine with mentioning Raja. I'm, I understand your concern about the 
one of them in particular with the fire. You know, you can say his name amongst us. I don't get offended. I know. Although they will, apparently. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that offense does not concern me. Like, they need to deal with the situation. To fear to say something's name is to give it power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and if to be quite honest, if we believe and show that some of these primordials have avatars, it, it just goes hand in hand that, you know, the enemy or whatever would have one too. It's, it's, just, it's a package deal. Mm-hmm. If we need, if we need to convince them that we're real, they will understand that it's all real. Uh, I'm in agreement. I I just wanted to make sure we all had mutual understanding before we went in and spoke. Go ahead. I understand your I understand your concern. I'm just also saying that this is the this is a very important matter, and I'm not entirely sure that that while that is an important thing to be considering, I don't know if it is. The, I don't know if the risk outweighs the benef- the possible benefits or the you understand what I'm saying that it might have negative connotations with it the idea that one of us is the avatar of the primal god of fire but at the same time if we withhold that information or try to it's not helping us as we, much we've not confirmed that one of us is yeah so there's no reason to, to shy away from it we we, we could talk about we expect there to be an avatar of each of these primordials. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason to finger point at who it might be. I think that that's a, a solid um, strategy for moving forward. And if these really are people who worship a god, uh, what are we hiding from gods exactly? What do we think we're going to get away with? Mm-hmm. So. Alright. I said I said we lay our cards on the table. Alright, so you guys arrive at the Chamber of the Gods. It's a large open-air stone building uh, with an amphitheater inside. Uh, Upon a raised dais is a large table full of chairs. Uh, There's already a number of people milling about, uh, kind of awaiting for the council to start. Um, You know that the, you notice the amphitheater is far from full. But you watch as representatives kind of wander in, mill about. Uh, They have secretaries and pages who try to look dignified and busy. Um, but it's, you know, all pretty simple and you're kind of taken aback at how mundane it actually kind of seems. You know, you're expecting a lot more pomp and circumstance and maybe grandiose, you know, uh, visages. But instead, it's just kind of some people wandering and milling around. Looks like a standard boring meeting. It's a chamber, not a senate meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's boring too. Uh, we try to find yeah. someone to turn our invitation into. Um, yeah, nobody really seems like there's no official, like, guarding the door. Mm-hmm. People are just walking in. Um, you notice some people notice you and maybe kind of whisper among themselves, but and nobody makes any... seems very informal, actually. So, um, it's like a like a circle and there's chairs. Um, Is no, there an open space in the middle? No, it's kind of... It's, it's really amphitheater, so I think there's like a raised stage in front, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of a, an arc of seats on, off to one side. Yeah, actually, there's a lot of seats available. Like I said, you could fit thousands in here, and there's not a hundred people in this place. Roddy will sit on one of the steps. Yep. Act like you belong, fellas. So. Until I hear different from somebody else. Uh, so finally, as the sun starts to set, you see the representative of Yafeter move to his seat. Now this guy is like full, grandiose, opulent displays of wealth. So think like uh, Princess Bride, the... Uh, the clergyman, you know, the Mowage. The Mowage guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's dressed like this. And he's got the big hat and everything. Just Prince Ali. Yeah. Fabulous. I mean, it's just 
to the point where he almost like that can't be comfortable. And he's got big jewels on his hands and necklaces. Like this, everything says money and finery, and it's all made out of the like just impossibly fine silk material with with the the finest filigree you've ever imagined. So this is the guy that takes the seat at kind of the the center of the table. It appears to be the uh, the the chairperson's spot. Uh, he then signals that the proceedings are beginning. And you notice that a couple of the seats up on the stage are actually still empty. Uh, just as you realize this, you catch the sight off the side bounding down the stairs is an enormous gray bear. It's just kind of walking down. It's just, huh. its muscles are just rippling. Uh, that You know, they're like so strong it seems to strain against its own skin as it moves down the stairs. Well, I produce a small amount of poop where I'm sitting. Yeah. And there's barely anyone on stage. Oh, and I like sighed that glance at somebody. Like, eh? We, eh? we have to stay. I'll give you that one. So, a two decker. Yeah. You know, initially this seemed a little alarming, <laughs> but uh, you notice that nobody else seems to be all that that shook up about it or nervous. Uh, the bear slowly walks down uh, onto the stage and goes to the table, pushes one of the empty seats out of the way, and you watch as the bear does the like you know how dogs will like spin in a mm-hmm. circle. He, he kind of does that and then sinks to the floor, uh, resting his head on his giant claws and seems to promptly fall asleep. Um, that boat. Huh. Does, that. He, does he have a picnic basket there? <laughs> no. Is he wearing a jaunty hat? <laughs> this bodes well for our case. Uh-huh. Uh, just then, as if not okay. to be outdone, all eyes suddenly turn to the staircase on the other side of the amphitheater. Walking gently towards the dais... Uh, is a being of jaw-dropping beauty. She possesses grace and looks that defy the words of even the most skilled poets and bards. Her barely-there outfit is cut in the most indecent manner you can imagine, while always managing to cling perfectly to tease and not reveal. You've heard of those dressed to kill. This woman is clearly dressed for mass murder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Her smile seems delightfully terrifying, uh, and she seems to be delighting in the spectacle that she is creating. So the representative Yafeter stands. Uh, his name is Juan Caro, by the way. He says, Lady Ethereal, we are honored by your attendance. Uh, with the last seat filled, we can begin. And she gestures towards the empty seat. Gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to the future ex, uh, Father Becker. <laughs> uh, that's a god. Hmm. Oh, I don't think it's a god, is it? It's just a representative of a god. A demigod, if you will. Ethereal is the uh, neutral evil goddess. Yeah. Well, how, well now wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no you one know. said there would be gods here. This is a council what, what of What is this represent- place called? What is this place called? <laughs> Chamber of the it. Gods? Interesting. <laughs> no, 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 just oh, wait a minute. It's all coming, no, 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 it's no, all no, coming no. together. Because it? frankly, I wouldn't have gotten that drunk last night if somebody told me there'd be actual goddamn gods well, here. Well, we didn't know. We were getting invited. Go, go ahead and do a, a religion I mean, check. they're neutral evil. She's neutral evil. To be fair, they probably don't care. Uh, 22. Uh, not that high. 18. 23. That's a flat out fucking one. May I say I've rolled this die three times so far this evening. I've rolled a two, a four, and a one. So there you go. <laughs> you are on course. She's clearly not a god. Fortunately, Ashirian rolled pretty well. Ashirian, you know that while all the, all of the evil gods are essentially forced to report to Asmodeus uh, due to the Pact of Kasserat, that Lady Ethereal works as his uh, uh, spy master and assassin, as do her followers. I'll uh, let the lads know that. Anything to mention about that, Hayden? 
She is also the one. <laughs> she is also the one who forms the uh, the hunters, and you get the idea they kind of report to her. They are required to. Oh serve. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once again, anything to say about that, Nathan? Oh, little Haytham, you're here. Excellent. No. <laughs> so I'd like to take a look at the people assembled there and try to figure out how many are actually fucking gods as opposed to <laughs> I'm their high priest. I'm going to say two. So if you go down the list, uh, she is the only one that you, you can figure out is a god. Everybody else seems to be a representative, the bear. even though you don't know what the hell the bear is. I mean, I, I bet it's I a, am betting. You, you, I mean, it's a theory, but like for looking at it, it, it's just a big ass bear. Hey, mortals! I got a picnic basket. If you worship um, me, Roddy, it, Roddy, hear me with, out. With a little bit of religion, copper that 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 bears the god. Yeah, with, bro, I'm not betting against that. With with uh-huh. a little bit of religion knowledge and a little bit of uh, process of elimination, you you can figure out that the bear is occupying the seat for Calmia, which is she is chaotic good. Go ahead and do those religion checks again. Like a nature deity? Sort of. I am very distracted by that dress. 26. 16. 16. Um, Here's one of the things that's interesting about Kalmia. Her and Yafeter are actually pretty much the only two gods that survived the gods war. (laughs) All of the others rose to the godhood after, or some of them late in the gods war. Like Tardis actually got his divinity before the end of the gods war, but didn't start out as one. So, Kalmia and Yafeter are the, the two oldest of the realm, anyway. You said that the, the bear's hair is gray, as yes. in depicting age? Uh, yeah, it looks like it's old, but it has to look like it, it's not faded as far as, like, you know, it's, its power. It doesn't look old and feeble. Right. It looks old and badass. So venerable. Yes. Um, may I ask another question? Is there a representative of Asmodeus here, and is that person possibly the regent? Um, no, there is no region here. Um, so the evil pantheon is slightly different in that they have one representative for the that whole axis of the pantheon. So normally one person shows up, since all the others are kind of subservient to Asmodeus. Uh, this time it looks like Lady Ethereal chose to show up and represent uh, the evil pantheon. Huh. Represent Asmodeus in the, his house. <laughs> now I gotta tell you guys something. Emeryn's pretty, pretty cool, but... Uh... Damn, that one's hot. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, a crisis of faith right now. Well, just a hair. You know, well, don't, yeah. don't read my spell list. I mean, I can summon a stone once a day. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool, but look at her. She can summon a stone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Rock hard. You know, if I wasn't taken, I'd take a crack at that. Mm-hmm. What? What? <laughs> Wait, what? Bitch, so. did I stutter? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. You got we'll wife? deal with that later. So as, we'll deal with that <laughs> later. As much as the last few minutes proved exciting and interesting, the next hour may in fact be the most boring of your life. As tradition demands, the minutes be read and certain liturgy, liturgy be honored. Uh, your only solace comes from the fact that everyone present seems to be in the same predicament. Only one Karo himself seems to delight in the proceedings, pausing only once when uh, Grey Tuft which, by the way, is the name of the bear, mm-hmm. spreads his jaws wide in an impressive yawn. Finally, the formalities come to a close, and one car opens the floor for new business. Several people begin to speak, but Lady Ethereal cuts him off with a smooth, sultry voice. She says, oh, please, let's start with these delectable morsels from Faradon. And Ryder's been sitting on the steps to the, the thing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, mm, indeed, 
one of them concerns me greatly. So we look at. Is it, I think so. back, is it Father Becker? <laughs> I stare at like the other three, and then it's like, it could be me. Mm-hmm. It's probably not me. It's probably one of them. <laughs> it could be any one of us. I'm saying to myself, oh, I hope it's me. Oh, I hope it's me. Oh, I hope it's me. Let's so, let's castrate him to be sure. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one car actually gestures, and one of his like pages mm-hmm. kind of comes over to you guys and you know kind of shows you where to stand. Okay. And they're all just kind of looking at you expectantly. Well, this is awkward because I'm sure we've all got, well, you know. <laughs> I, I talk. It's no big deal. Yeah, okay. Oh, great. <laughs> Sta- oh, wait. That's, that's, uh, isn't, that, isn't that standard Elven procedure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. S-E-P, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it looks like we're smooth down there, but we're not. Yeah, we're just, really good. just like a Ken doll, but no. Turns out, right up in the butt cheeks. He's just really good at ducking. Yeah. It's, why do you do that? Oh, it's part of my disguise. I didn't want people to know I was an elf. Wait, what? I don't understand. Oh, I broke they, Gavin. They all do. You really did. Yeah. Oh, man, I got... Stop. <laughs> you can't. Take him to the Council of the Gods, I said. It's a very, very uh, ominous proceeding. They'll be respectful and polite. <laughs> Now, as they you, do not know who they're dealing with. Now, as you can see, Council, by the fact that I look smooth down there, I am an elf. <laughs> yes, that, yes. Also, the ribbons in your hair and your beautiful almond-shaped eyes. That is not necessarily important for the meeting. I just felt the need to get that out there in case there was doubt. Right. So, uh, what are you guys going to say to him? Well, we... well, awkward Haytham. She said she's interested in maybe you. I guess you get to speak first. So, uh, did we already follow them to where clearly we're supposed to you stand guys are kind somewhere? Of standing on the dais in front of the big table with all the representatives. If, if you don't feel inclined, I'm prepared. But, but <laughs> yeah, somebody else. Could. You got the nod. Perhaps I should get the obvious out of the way then. Uh, what interest do you have in me? He asked. Presumptuous. He asked knowingly. She kind of looks at you and purrs. I suppose I never said it was. You, dear hunter. Yes! 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 Yes, <laughs> yes I am... We called it. I am perceptive, oh, yeah. though. And it was heavily implied. Then who are you interested in, dear lady? Mm, I'm interested, as are the rest of my esteemed colleagues, in what it is you want from us. Please, do you have something to beg of this august council? Right, he almost says something, and then ponders, like, the immediate death that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'd stop time right before. Weighs the risk of still doing it. <laughs> like perhaps there's a piece of information you desire from these hardy minds. We Ch- desire. John, you want to go? Oh, sorry. <laughs> unless, unless Nathan's going to go. Ahead. Well, we desire information. Yes, we desire to to receive it. We desire to provide information as well. We have learned much on Ferradon. Perhaps we should introduce ourselves. And actually the, like, Juan Caro at that point of, which by the way, while she's speaking, you see several other people up there are kind of wanting mm-hmm. to interrupt her, but nobody's daring mm-hmm. to interrupt her. They're like, this isn't quite how we, but y- you know what, it's fine. Uh, so Juan Caro finally uh, kind of clears his his throat. He's like, no, we're, we're aware of who you are. Please do not bore us with 
such mundane tasks, which is kind of ironic since he just spent over an hour boring you all with mundane tasks. Because it's been very exciting up to this point. Yeah. Um, but he, he says, please, what requests do you have of this council? We ask that you listen first and know this. This world faces a grave danger, for we have witnessed firsthand that there is an effort, an effort that is succeeding to bring about the resurrection of Gilgamark and possibly a greater, a greater evil power. We've witnessed it, and we know that every day that we spend not in direct opposition to it, that the danger grows and spreads, and the foe becomes more powerful. And I'll pause for dramatic effect. Any reaction? Um, a little bit. Like, so ethereal, like, she seems very intent on listening to every word you say. Like, you know, oddly so, not, and I don't say odd as in it seems weird, but like this is a part of her allure. And when she wants to act like she's paying attention to you and make you feel like you're the, you know, the only people around, she can do it. And that's what she's doing at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, if you take the moment to look at the rest of the council, you almost see some like noticeable eye rolls. Like they seem to be a little put off. As I look around, I, I ask, does this surprise some of you? Because it surprised us. Uh, there is a group of cultists that uh, have been gathering on Faradon. We have attempted to try to stop, but more come every day. And they have managed to secure a foothold, created a city that is now uh, walled in by magical energy and protected by a flight of demons. And they seek to pervert this ancient symbol uh, <clears throat> and use it to draw negative energy from the land, we believe, to bring about uh, Gilgamark's return and possibly even a greater evil, possibly one that was banished years ago. We know this, for we have witnessed it. Now, I personally know it. I've made a connection with one of the great gods, Imran, primal god of Earth. I feel that he is resurging as well. I feel that there are primal energies, movements afoot. Things are coming to a head, and we must stand against this if this world has any hope of survival. And so we come to you today to bring you this warning and to seek the wisdom of this council and the information it may be able to provide so that we can try to put a stop to this once and for all. There's a little bit of a pause. Some of them kind of look at each other and you see a mix of reactions. Uh, you know, when you mention the name Emerin, several of them kind of raise an eyebrow. Um, you know, like I said, you're, you're seeing kind of a mix as you look up and down um, the area. So finally... A male half-elf, and it takes you a moment to realize that he is actually the representative for Domael. Hmm. In Innkeeper Greldy is his name. He's old, even for a half-elf. And he kind of gruffs forward, and you claim to be a, a priest of Emerin? I am. To the best of my knowledge, I am the only priest of Emerin in the world today. I can tell you that this symbol, and I'll hold aloft my holy symbol, this symbol uh, is being used by the priest of, or by the cultists of Gilgamark um, in, in a blasphemy because the true power of the god is still out there. It sleeps, but I feel it gradually reemerging within me. I've used it, and I've used it to counter these cultists. Uh, I believe, frankly, I believe that all the primal gods are making a return. And your companions are all followers of Imran? They are not. I glance at them. 
My name is First Lieutenant Roddy, and I know none of you care, but I'm the last surviving veteran of the Ferrodin Wars. More importantly, I speak for Raja, primordial of the ocean. And it is in the complacency of all nations that an old enemy has risen once again with a new face. So, like, you, you're you getting ready to give your, your speech, mm-hmm. and something, like, makes you stop. Nobody mm-hmm. actually cuts you off, but Greytuff, the giant sleeping bear, like, raises up and puts his paws on the table, and everybody kind of stops to look at the bear questioningly, even you, because the yeah. bear, you realize he's eyeballing you. Mm-hmm. He takes his paws down and walks around the table and comes next to you guys, which just makes his size all that much more impressive. Mm-hmm. He completely blocks your view of the table as he's in front of you, and he comes up and he starts sniffing you. Mm-hmm. Like, very much, like, sniffing all of... And Roddy, he sniffs you first, he moves over to Shirian, uh, then he goes over to Father Becker, and to the point where, like, he's even kind of nudging you as he sniffs. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm really trying to look brave. Mm-hmm. Uh, hate them. He finishes on you. He's <laughs> really oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were sort of the climax of his efforts, if you will. I didn't oh. know you were into bears, Hathem. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so he uh, actually sniffs your sickle. Oh, oh, Go on. That's what we're calling it. And now. when he does, he kind of lets out a low growl. But then he goes back and uh, completes his inspection. He Then he slowly walks a circle around the group of you. Uh, as, and when he's done, he just suddenly uh, leaps away and bounds up the stairs of the amphitheater in just a couple of quick strides. When he gets to the top, uh, he puts his paws up and lets out a deafening roar aimed directly up at the moon. And you know like that scene in the Jurassic Park movies where the dinosaur roars and like yeah. everything shakes and vibrates? It's that moment. Like it's just, like it is it's deafening. People are actually putting their hands over their ears uh, when it happens. So as the roar dies off, he takes one look at you guys and then completely bounds off. And you know, a number of members up on stage, they kind of all look at each other. They're trying to look stoic, but they're very obvious that, uh, like what? Okay, so that that happened. So they don't appear to understand what it means either. Yeah, no, that, they, they're kind of looking that, at each other. Question that corroborates our story. I would assume that because <laughs> it says when the bear howls at the moon, that's how the story that told be true. I don't know. Sorry. Question: <laughs> What was that? <laughs> um, uh, a couple of them look and say, oh, uh, "Sorry, you were you were interrupted, um, Roddy." Yes, I, as I was saying, I'm the last survivor of the Ferrian Wars. Um, and I uh, also am speaker for Raja, the primordial of the sea. Uh, and while I do not claim to be anything so grand as a priest, uh, I am considered to be her avatar. Uh, and in this, I have inherited a uh, mantle and a responsibility. Uh, in the hundred years since the fall of Ferrodin, all nations and gods are complacent. Uh, in their complacency, an evil has risen again, both old and new. It must be opposed. To do that, we need information and your support. So there's like a moment of silence where they uh, kind of all stop, don't say much. And finally, you know, Juan Caro again says, 
Hmm. Yes. Those are the words of Asmodeus. We have heard them before. And indeed, one of you is has great ties to the Church of Asmodeus, looking directly at Haytham. <coughs> so it's no surprise to hear you puppet their words. We are, you are here as a courtesy. Uh, perhaps you should just ask us what you came here to ask so we can determine the matter and move on. We need all information regarding the primordials. All of them. All four. And, and okay, at that point, like, you know, Lady Ethereal, she, she again kind of purrs away. Which, by the way, while all this weirdness is going on, she's the only person that seems completely delighted by mm-hmm. all of it. She's just loving every moment of this. She's like, oh, surely it's not just information you're after, dear delectables. There's something else you want, isn't there? And I, I can't ah. think of the name you said it. I want to go is. second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the what, what were they? Shards of primordial. Primor- oh, oh my god! The gems. Primordial power. He referred to them as sources. Yeah, I believe the term is sources. And you wish these sources? We are in dire need of them to prevent calamity. We must seek them out. We just use their power to oppose the evils that are arising. Some might say in some cases we are the inheritor of them. There is the risk of perhaps a greater calamity, a a collapse that would make Faradin look like a, a accident in an alchemy lab. So at this point in time, like they start to break out into a debate amongst themselves, to the point where they almost are very dismissive of even your presence. Is they're 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 talking back and forth. And you know when people do that thing where they're talking that things that greatly affect you mm-hmm. as though you weren't there, even though you're right there. Yeah. They're very much doing that. And so a couple of things become clear after a few moments. Um, one thing that's very clear is none of them have any trust whatsoever of the Asmodians or anything to do with them. And they all think that clearly that you guys are entirely too wrapped up with the Asmodians and are very distrustful of that. But you also get the idea that, like, everything you just said, the Asmodians have been saying here for a while. The, the previous representatives uh, have been essentially asking for this information as well. I might have a trick to try to pull. Because it's, it's, it's essentially, they're, we're getting this, this useless debate sort of thing going on. Like, they don't appear to be coming to a, oh, it's some, some no. clear-headedness is gradually coming through. Yeah, you, you, what you're seeing here is the fact that, well, although this is the Council of the Gods, to, to a certain degree, they're almost reached the stage of a little bit of dysfunction. Uh-huh. Meaning they don't really kind of, they don't ever really do much. They just talk about stuff. Okay. And that's what, what they're doing here. As a matter of fact, they're actually very, they're talking very elusive at times uh, about things. To, like, you're you're kind of confused as to what is the problem. Sure. What's the deal? Um, I, I'd like to try something. And, uh, what you, got? you know, I, I, as I, as I contemplate this, I fully realize that this, this may not work here. But, I, you know, maybe a little bit of a wake-up call. Maybe I can shake things up a little bit. So what I'm thinking of doing <laughs> is closing my eyes and starting to uh, try to commune with my God. I'm not looking for a major earthquake, but I wonder if I might be able to cause the ground to rumble a little bit. Just to, uh, you know, to really try to go into one of those trances where I'm really connecting with something. And, um, you know, again, not trying to bring the mountain down like the one uh, time, but just to see. Um. Okay. Uh Let's go ahead and roll me a d20. Okay. Well, I've been rolling terribly all night. 
maybe now's the time. Maybe something good will happen. Got a reroll, right? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna use it. That was only an eight. Box. How about hey. a how about a seventeen? Okay, so it takes you a minute, like, and you do notice that. So, like, when you reach out for your connection, it's not so much like the connection is blocked. It's more like trying to shine a flash, flashlight in the middle of noon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so much else here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you feel like you could probably cast spells, but when you're trying to make that deep connection, there's just a lot of noise. But eventually you do, and they, they're chatting and prattling along, you know, a way that they give you plenty of time. Um, to get there and it your connection gets there slowly so the rumble starts to get slowly and the rest of you if you've noticed like you've seen father becker yeah. do this now so as it's slow as you guys start to notice the rumble you kind of look over and you're like oh he's doing this thing but it takes a few extra moments before everybody else starts hey, to yo, notice. Let's do it as this isn't gonna thing. make us popular well like, i, I kind of get the vibe he's doing that so i look at the lady and like um lady ethereal uh would you accept my apologies beforehand for brandishing a weapon in your presence she just kind of looks at you and gives you the, the quizzical look and says, So delightful. <laughs> I like this one. It would be it will be entertaining, I assure you. Mm, I'm sure many could die at your hands. Many have. <laughs> and like look at my father, like, bring it. Mm-hmm. I'm you look at me, yeah, well, I'm probably not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. So eventually they get to the point where they all start to notice. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes several minutes, but they finally all stop talking and they're they're looking your direction. Mm-hmm. And like to follow up with the shaking, Roddy pulls his sword out and buries it into the ground. Like and I'm sure it's like a nice marble floor or whatever, but like like <laughs> The time for blithering is over. You are at war, whether you know it or not. This isn't about Asmodeus versus your religion. This is about the fate of the world versus the enemy. The pact that keeps this place together is in danger. You're tired of hearing the Asmodeans. Well then listen to them for once. Is all we're asking. So they stop and several of them start to say something and then either stop or they start to talk on each other and they nobody ever really gets quite anything out is they don't exactly know what to do here or what to say so there's kind of this awkward minute or two where you guys are like well that was really cool what we just did and nobody's nobody's what no nothing no okay but something and then finally you just start to hear this low chuckle and then almost a melodious laughter and you realize it's coming from ethereal She's like, oh, now this is amusing. Look at all these high and mighty lords dancing around. Don't you see? They don't know where they are. And when she says that last part, it's almost as much an accusation as it is a statement. And you noticeably at that point, several of the representatives, you see them like take the moment to, to look down. Mm-hmm. Like, like they look away. Finally, after a moment, if you, you guys got anything, or, nah, no, I mean, like Ryan pulls the sword out and like sheaths it. Like, so finally, after a moment, one of the representatives stands up. She is an old woman who, again, vulnerable or venerable is the the right word here. So although she does look very old, she still stands. And by the way, she's wearing like full shining plate mail, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take much for you guys to recognize that this is the representative of Tardis. And she stands, and she kind of has a bit of a booming voice. She's like. Good thing they all like that. Yeah. <laughs> the efforts of our forebears to keep these artifacts a secret were a bit 
too effective. They have <clears throat> passed out of record. So you don't know where the sources are. Like again, you see the awkward looks where none of them actually want to say that out loud um, and admit it. But the the lady from TARDIS kind of hangs her head and she kind of gives you the, the shake, yes, the nod. Is there any that would know? Is there any source of information on this world somewhere that would be able to tell us this? Surely someone was the last to know about them. Uh, you, you all know of them. You don't know where they are, but you know of them. There is some, some kind of trail that went cold. So one of the other representatives speaks, and this is a uh, dwarf, male dwarf, who, by the way, is dressed in uh, kind of looks like monk's robes, very simple, plain robes. Oh. This is... So this is Ardna. This is the... Or known as the Grand Master of Flowers. This is the representative, representative of Druma. Which, by the way, there are a lot, a lot of monks. Druma. Mm. This... Um, so anyway, he speaks in almost a whisper. It was long ago rumored that one rested with the dwarves of Nagost. You guys know that's in northern Nimpash, by the way. Mm -hmm. Not since the days of my youth have I walked those halls. Gaining entry will not be an easy task. He looks at you, Father Becker. But one who claims, claims to be chosen of Emerin should beware. No race is more connected with the stone and the earth than the dwarves. I nod. So once again, there's kind of that moment of awkwardness. And then there is a, a female halfling kind of stands up. This is the representative from Naraya. And she kind of speaks, think like a, like a hippie chick. Mm -hmm. You know, she has that kind of like ephemeral, almost ditzy speech, but not necessarily. You know, it comes across as maybe a little bit of airhead, but so it almost doesn't make sense, but almost does. She says, oh, my thoughts lead to the shining nation of Atresh. My heart tells me your trail leads through there for better or worse. Roddy nods because he's like, okay, that's 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 three. So then they kind of all like are glancing at each other to see if like anybody has anything else. And and like Roddy's already like holding up like three fingers. Like Now at this point in time, actually several of the others start to object. Several of the other people, they, they, they're like, no, 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 you guys should not be even giving them that. Um, so Juan Caro is definitely the most vocal about trying to get people to, to stop talking about this. Um, the representative of Theed, uh, Bashad is his name, and Innkeeper, Innkeeper Grelty, they all uh, fairly vehemently object to, to information. Mm -hmm. And then they start to argue amongst themselves as to whether or not they should be telling you this. Roddy wants to scan the room and mm -hmm. see if there's someone who looks like they were about to say something. Uh, that's a 20, uh, 27. Not really, because there was a moment before mm -hmm. they started bursting out uh, into arguing and you know they kind of all looked at each other and those were the only ones that seemed to have anything so the argument goes on for you know a good minute and then finally the um, Anastasia is her name but yeah. she is the representative from TARDIS she stands again and kind of raises her hand to the others and says it matters little their ears seem to work fine and we will not hinder their deeds over mere paranoia the history will be written soon enough time will tell if their hearts are true or false and that seems to kind of end the debate. That statement will be made and considered both ways. What have you to lose by giving us this information? What's to gain from secrecy? At that point, like Lady Ethereal, she kind of chuckles again. She's like, secrecy, secrecy. Oh, these dear people. 
They don't want to keep it from you. They don't have it to give. It sure seems like a lot of effort to hide nothing. Yeah, like Ethereal, she's just kind of beaming in delight. And several of them are noticeably just kind of looking down, almost as if in shame. Well then, what truths you could give us today were given. And we speak in gratitude to those who gave it. But I have a feeling that far too often the truth is not spoken in these halls. Once the world came together to oppose evil, it must do so again. Well, you bicker and argue there are seas of death underneath Varadin. I've looked out on one. One of these seas exploded a hundred years ago and took out an entire continent. There's 13. Get it together. And that Juan Caro kind of stands up as if to try to re regain order. Mm -hmm. He's like, Faradin is being watched by this council of representatives. We are, we are prepared to do what needs to be done there if it needs to be done, but... I'm afraid there's nothing more this council can give you here today. This is quite unproductive and a waste of time. I I make a motion that we adjourn. And like several of the others, second, third, he's like, passed. And he, you know, smacks his little gavel and pretty much wanders off, you know, stomps off in a huff. I mean, like, before he gets there, I'll walk up face to face, just be like, remember this cowardice. History will. And he kind of sticks his nose up at you and, and, and walks away. And there's still, like, he's the only one that really rushes off. Yeah. Most of the others kind of mill around as their their people come back up on stage and they kind of break up into uh, to little groups in, in conversation. But one of them does... Better run, bitch. And one of them does come over to you guys. It's uh, Anastasia, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the representative of TARDIS. Which, by the way, you notice that she's the only one that didn't have, like, people there. Yeah. Like, everybody else had, like... You know, pages or secretaries with them. She, retainers. Yeah, yeah she retainers of She doesn't need that shit. She, she doesn't. So she kind of walks over uh, to the, the four of you. And she's almost got a little bit of a mischievous grin. Although she seems a little bit trepidous about m approaching you. Uh, she's like, so, you're the heroes of Port Hallbeck. Yes. Tell me, how are my girls? It's been a long time since I've seen Rosie and Hallie. Oh. Uh, fascinating. Your daughters. Well... Daughters of the Faith, yes, mm. I raised them. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> Hallie's fine. Uh, I'm not sure Rosie could be considered a daughter of Faith. Well, she was raised that way. I'm afraid she did take another path, but she will still always be my daughter. They have both done what they could to help us. This is also very fascinating. Lady. I hate them horde. Please don't cast a text evil on me. And she gives you, a, like, a hearty handshake. Oh, like, my you know, God. very much a, like, to the point where you're like, wow, she's strong. Her daughter's the Templar. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, she's at least cool with family, like, at reunions. Good point. <laughs> I am seriously, like, I'm a bit, uh, right now, thinking, trying to picture their faces in my brain, thinking, where, is there a resemblance there? Do they have different fathers, maybe? Uh, Milady, let me just say thank you. The first word is often the hardest to say. So, go ahead and give me a religion check real quick. I'll give you guys, even give you more information. Man, on I'm that. rolling ass. 19. 23. 22. So, again, Asherian has all the... For the guy seeking information, you seem to have all the information uh, when it comes to the gods. Although, I hate them, you might know this, too. 21, um, so. So, amongst the, the paladins of TARDIS, which, by the way, not all the followers of TARDIS are paladins, but... Like most of the, the higher clergy and most of those in charge are. 
but especially here on Kasserat, the custom is they take in a lot of orphans and raise them. Ah. And the paladins essentially, it's almost like a Jedi and Padawan kind of thing, where once they get a little bit older, uh, they're taken as apprentices and trained. And it's a very familial relationship. So, you know, they, they, they treat them as though they are children and raise them as their children. So it's a really good chance that those two aren't her biological children, mm -hmm. but she raised them and sees them. And, you know, um, if you guys were aware enough around the city, you'd find out that Anastasia is actually known as uh, grandmother. That's kind of what people call her somewhat endearingly and somewhat almost derogatory because she's been around and done this enough that she has a lot of children mm -hmm. floating around out there because she's, she's raised so many over the right. years. Interesting. Well, I can tell you that both are very influential and important to the safety of Port Hallback, and both have done great services for the city. And she seems to be to be happy and satisfied with that answer. She's like, "I'm I'm sorry you weren't able to find what you sought here today. We we found some information. We know more than we did before. We've got paths to go forward, and that's better than when we came here. Thank you for speaking out on our behalf. Well, I wish the followers of Tardis knew more, but I'm afraid the efforts to hide these artifacts were a little too successful. May I ask, do you think that there were people here that knew more than what they said? Pretty much always the case, but there's what? not much I can do to force them. What, if I might ask, what is the reason for them, for the need to hide them? Well, they all have their secrets. I can tell you that no one here trusts the followers of Asmodeus much. I suppose maybe there are reasons as to why I am less cautious than others, but I understand their trepidation. It's just that we truly believe that what they've been saying, based off what we've seen, is true. I will say that I'm certain that the four of you believe your course and your purpose is true. Of that I have no doubt, but we all know that paths can lead terribly astray at any time but not taking them is defeat Caliban knows that better than most as do the followers of Tardis bravely striding forward is what we do right man in the wrong place can make all the difference hey why is uh, why is limp dick so opposed to all this <laughs> she kind of <laughs> it takes her a moment to realize who you're talking about and she she kind of uh, chuckles in my opinion Many of the worshippers of Yafeda have fallen far astray. I believe it's high time for Yafeda itself to to maybe bring them back on the straight and narrow, I guess you could say. It's complicated, but... The first step is, uh, you know, um, obfuscation. Do we need to watch our backs around him? Yafeda would mean you no ill will. They may not help your path, but... Yafra is not evil, nor are followers of such renown. So I wouldn't have any particular suspicions, but I wouldn't expect much help there either. Are there any that were there tonight that you more strongly suspect of keeping secrets and not sharing information they had? She kind of glances a little bit at Haytham. Well, the goddess of spies and assassins was here this evening. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, that's fair. That's fair. And, like, so there's this awkward moment where she says that, and then you all, like, get this feeling. You know, like, you just know something, mm -hmm. and then you look over and you realize that Lady Ethereal is, like, standing, like, so close to Haytham <laughs> that her hair is, like, 
brushing his shoulder. Oh no, no, my gosh, you lucky That's my fellow. first, uh, you know, my first council of the gods. I didn't know that was a weird thing. I can't, come for what's yours, my lady. So. She, she kind of does this, like, seductive trailer fingers up and down Haytham's shoulder. She's kind of, she's like, oh, but I have something here for my most, most scrumptious newest hunter. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's kind of like inches away. And she like, <laughs> she, she reaches into her bodice and pulls out like a little, looks like a little silk pouch of some sort. And she kind of, yo, yo, we kind of, kind of like circles it around in front of me. And she's like, yeah, this yeah. is for you. Roddy wonders if he kills Haytham, can he be the hunter instead? <laughs> Hey, Only one way to find out. <laughs> Just remember the wise words. <laughs> I would be unwise to be no ungrateful <laughs> of a gift of a deity. It ain't no she, fun if the homies can't have none. <laughs> she she looks at the, the four of you and she's like, I wish the four of you the greatest of luck. I'm sure you will be very helpful to my humble servant here. As he passes his next tests. Good day. And she kind of slinks away. And, and like after like enjoying her walking away, he's like, wait a minute, what test? That was... <laughs> oh, interesting. Hey, then, what of, do you know? Interesting use of the word tests. Plural. Next ones. Uh, they're all net that would if the first one was the next one that statement would still be true Yeah, I don't buy it either <laughs> and he'll, he'll get his legs <laughs> <laughs> Beat him on a council floor. <laughs> give you a swirly of the council of the gods as well. uh, you Open the pouch of course um, So interestingly enough when you open the pouch three items pop out and, nope. and then the nope. pouch itself kind of disintegrates It was some sort of like a bag of holding. Oh, I've ruined the pouch. Nice job. Um, <laughs> what kind of Thanos bullcrap is that? <laughs> but basically, this area, when you open that extra dimensional space, it it causes the item itself to disappear. It's like a, uh, a one-use bag of holding. No but one gives a shit about wrapping paper. Move there, on. There are three <laughs> items in there, one of which is, I want to say, a small book, but um, you know how some books are written uh -huh. uh, in very small writing, so it's like a condensed version of a larger book? That's mm -hmm. what this one is. Um, you notice, uh, if you flip it open real quick, it is um, a catalog of different types of demons. Oh. So, for example, if you if you spend time studying this... <laughs> the light you, reading while you're in the privy. You, it's um, a Pokedex. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Essentially. I want to be the very best. <laughs> if, if, you spend, uh, if you study this, you know, perhaps it would help you on some recall knowledge checks when you are trying that on demons. Ooh. Helping you identify them and their abilities. That would be um, cool. There is actually another piece that kind of unfolds, and you realize these are a set of goggles of some sort. Like, perhaps alchemist goggles, if you were to look up something in the book that yes. were an actual item. The third thing is a ring. Uh, when you look it up later in the book, it's a ring of wizardry, the... the um, Lowest level one, oh, Ring Wizard you won, I believe it's called. That's still pretty sweet. Right, so who wants the ring? Huh? Yeah, it's party loot. I mean, we should I talk mean, about clearly it. clearly we've been dividing everything <laughs> else. Well, <laughs> if any other arcane casters would like to 
Speak up now. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Uh, isn't Asherian okay? No. no. No, he's divine. I'm divine. Well, that ring of wizardry would probably make me one, so I'll give it here. <laughs> give me that. I draw the sign. <laughs> Sickle. That no, too. no, it's oh, fine. Like, never correct me in front of the children. Drop, <laughs> drop the fireball. But if you don't do seventy-eight points of damage, I'm gonna chop your ass to bits. <laughs> I, oh, listen, you. I now have a twenty-three AC. So neat. <laughs> so I gotta you roll. Make it quick. I gotta roll kill six. One shot. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> the by the way, the paladin of Tardis is still standing there. Uh, kind of gives you the look like the yeah I'm not even gonna waste a detect evil on that. So that was weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, Halandra thought the same thing at one point. But she's such a smart. Oh well, it's scary too. <laughs> this weird thing she can walk in, about anywhere and sort of like glare at you, and it's so very unnerving. I wouldn't anyway, feel... you have you do the same thing pretty well, I see. Are you going to talk at some point, or am I just going to keep I, doing this? I wouldn't feel bad if any other goddess dropped some goodies. <laughs> now? I want the bear back. All right, just the fate of the world in, in the store, no big deal. <laughs> I Here's start thinking about the same thing, but I'll just get a rock. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I actually have a question. Yes. Um, Do you have any idea what happened with the bear? Uh, you know, she kind of smirks at that. She's like, hmm, I've been in this council for a long time. I've never seen the bear do anything but sleep. you never seen him eat nobody, right? No. Okay, that's good. That's, that's That that helps us. And nobody, Okay, I have an idea for a bucket list. Nobody seemed to think that was, I don't know, particularly remarkable. Oh, yes, the Ooh. large god bear just roared. I, I think everybody thought well. that was particularly remarkable. Oh, no, it raised many eyebrows. I'm sure everyone is frantically reporting back on that one. It, and Lady, yet, Lady Kalmia has not been present in a very, very long time. Fair. Fair. We all assumed she sent these critters of hers as something of an insult. Hmm. It could have been interpreted as a wake-up call, literally. True. Has... The alarm clock went off. Has the uh, eyebrows over there, the the representative of Yafeta, uh, might he like to know we once uh, recently were at a temple of Yafeta uh, a long time ago? She kind of gives you a quizzical look. A long time ago? Yes. Yes, recently, but a long time ago. Very recently, well, we no. were a hundred years in the, you know, it's not... Ah, she'll think I'm a madman if I no, say that. Don't you lads speak in riddles? Yes. We spend a lot of time confused about what's happening to us. <laughs> yes. It's kind of it's become a catchphrase of the, uh, we have more questions than we do answers. Yes. No one, no one knows what we're talking about, least of all us. <laughs> the enemy can't figure out what the plan is if we don't know what it is. Precisely. So you have no hint whatsoever where... The the source of power your god hit is no clue whatsoever. I'm afraid uh, it wasn't hidden by just my god. It was hidden by this okay. council who was supposed to be its stewards. But in their efforts to hide such a secret, apparently over time they've hidden it from themselves. If some of them are retaining knowledge, mm -hmm. um, they're retaining it from all of us. Yeah. I can tell you, Tardis has no specific records. Oh. Uh, I'm, I did a little research before tonight in anticipation of your arrival, and I can tell you that our records only speak of their existence, not their final location. Mm, seems like you really dropped the ball on that one. 
I can tell you that they, at the time, the recordings say that the artifacts were depowered, I guess is the right word. They had been deactivated. Can you confirm the numbers? Was there four? There were four. One for each primal. We assumed that with their deaths and imprisonment that this caused these artifacts to to no longer be well be active, I guess is the right word. But there was many concerns that they still could be, and honestly we were afraid to destroy them. We didn't know what effect it would have on the realm. Things were so in flux as it was, so we decided to hide them instead, and that was many years ago. You, we've got some leads today. Is there anyone else we should talk to while we're here in Kasserot? I'm afraid that's not a question I can answer. I can't think of anybody else who would have information on these artifacts. Ooh, perhaps someone who could speak. And I reach into the, the my bag and I pull out Father Becker's book uh, that I've been trying to translate. Ah, uh, whatever the, the hell this is. Kill the children, burn them all. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's in code or something. Wait, I got chapter one down. Babies. She kind of looks at it quizzically. Um, she's like, I am no master linguist, but there are those here who probably could help you with that. This this is a, a strange writing, though. I feel that it is celestial in nature. Are there any cutting linguists we could talk to? Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid when I even said it. I'm like, I know where this is going. I know where this is going. As much as I hate to say it, you should check with the Asmodians. They have the best scholars. Huh, really? Yes, they're quite known for it, but uh, you will find that very few of my colleagues, including myself, place a lot of trust in them. Well, although they abide by their own code, they have their own motivations. Where could we find a good Asmodian scholar? I mean, not Haytham. He's not a good one, but <laughs> he is an Asmodian by scholar. By definition, that's probably impossible. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> a good a good Asmodian scholar. Huh? An right. Asmodian scholar who does <laughs> well. Play on play on alignment there. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Father Becker. <coughs> yes, me a, yes. Give me a perception check. Oh, I will. Ooh, not bad. 20 and mid-20s. All right, so, you know... Eight. <laughs> the exact number is not important. <laughs> 23. I mean, is that shit flying? You know... I don't want to put a label on it, but it's between 20 and 30. Let's say... Could be 27, could be 23... Let's go with uh, somewhere in that range. Shall we? <laughs> mid-20s. So mid-20s works. Uh, you know, Hatham pulls this book out and is kind of flashing it around. And while he does, there's a moment where you like reach out and grab the book and pull it away from him. And you're like, wait a minute. And you grab the book and you're like, uh, guys, I, I can read this. I can read all of it? Yeah. What? No kidding. You can read how much of it? Oh, wait. Holy cow. This is... Why, it all makes sense. It's all clear. It's yes. filthy. Hang on. There's a lot of... This is basically pornography. <laughs> now, it's hot. <laughs> it's all about ele rock elementals getting it on, but the point is... What about the ingenious rocks? I want to see that page. The igneous stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, want to see the metamorphic. That's where they join together. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of flint. Sparks are really flying. Yeah, it's great. So what you have here is clearly a holy book of Imran. 
that outlines certain litanies, but mostly this is kind of like a spell book. Uh, with this, this is uh, like an instructional manual on how to cast either divine spells. So you think by studying this, you would gain access to to spells. Now it doesn't give you access to anything early, you know, per se. Yeah. Like you still need to be powerful enough to invoke the spells. Yes. But yeah, this is this is definitely a holy book of Emerin, and you find yourself perfectly able to read this. Oh, it, it seems surprising to me that I haven't been able to read it all along. Frankly, it's it's just as clear as if I'm reading common. So you feel as though like maybe the recent feat you took, mm-hmm. if we were going to look at this from a uh, meta level, mm-hmm. is probably what uh, what allowed you as you gain this deeper focus into uh, Emerin, you are now able to use certain abilities. And one of them is you can read their 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 dialect, their language. I, I, I tell you, it's a, it's a repository of divine incantations. If you have <laughs> enough power, enough faith in Emerin, this this teaches you to, my goodness. It took me one can cast four days to translate chapter one. Oh, no, chapter one is just the most simple thing. So I, it's like, it's almost like an alphabet. It's just nothing. Well. Super easy. I mean, well, screw you then, Haytham. I mean. I suppose so. Well. <laughs> Hey, Ethan, clearly it's it's just it's a manifestation of my faith. It, it's not a commentary on your scholarship. It, this was uh, as unreadable to me as as any foreign language, uh, 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 apparently. And I've been blessed by Emerald. Hey, hey Roddy, mm-hmm. give me a perception check. Ah, there we go, thirty. <laughs> so while they're having this conversation, you're kind of looking over, and you, there's a moment where you're like, Father Becker, can can I take a look at that at that book? And like you're looking at it, and there's moments where it almost starts to form words. Like you can almost read it, but it's almost, for lack of a better phrase, fuzzy. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're trying to like even do the squinty thing, mm-hmm. and you know, you're trying to look, and you read. And there's a moment where you look over at Father Becker, and of course, you know, he's got his holy symbol emblazoned, and like you remember the holy symbol of Rasia, and you know how they're very similar in the way they're designed, but they they're slightly different symbols. Yeah. And you realize that it's it's almost like a code or a cipher where you're looking, you're not looking at it right because your code and cipher is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you realize there's a similarity. I could almost read this because it's a similar type of writing. Yeah. It, like you wonder if there was something like that for Rasia, if you could read it. Mm. Well, and writing, I was like, it's like I I don't have a symbol of that. Like I don't have what he has. So. Like You've seen he, one. He's yeah, it's, it's and Roddy's had that thought that he kind of wants to fix that, but he can't do it right now. Um, is there how many people are left in the build, like in the thing? Um, several of them are kind of like wandering around and hanging back. But is anybody particularly wanted to? No, like Roddy kind of like like turns away and like ties his shoe, and he's got that canteen of salt water still, mm-hmm. and he just like opens it and pours it out on the floor, and he's like to himself, he's like, "You should be here too." Just like maybe even symbolic. Like he doesn't know how to reach his god sometimes. He's just like, you should be here too. You belong here. And he just pours the canteen out. So um, when that happens, you know, like you, you feel that connection with, with your with your god. And you look off to kind of the north from where you are. And you just get a weird, funny feeling. And you look and... Um, uh, Anastasia is kind of giving you an odd look. Everything all right there, son? Just figuring some stuff out. Hmm. Staring at the reserve quite 
intently. What's reserved? What's over there? Mm, all of that land is held back for future use for, for the gods. It's not impossible for a new deity to emerge, and if that's the case, there wanted to be extra space for them. So the reserve is, is held in place for any future deities that rise up into the pantheon. Can anyone go there? Well, I mean, the reserve is, is open, but there's nothing there. It's just land. I'm not sure I agree. Th- hmm. Thank you for your help. Uh, you know, after a moment, she kind of politely, you know, takes her leave. Well, good luck to you, gentlemen, and, and wanders off. And slowly, everybody else is wandering, mm-hmm. um, you know, away. I think we need to go there. Go where? The reserve. Did we overhear her say that specifically? Or I guess probably not, because I'm probably still pointing out stuff to hate them. Well, she never said to go there. She just said what it was. Right, but mm-hmm. she talked about it. I just, well, she told me what it was, but I'm just like, I got a feeling. Da, da, I'll go with da, you. Da, da, da. You got something Something up? I, I, again, I don't know specific. I just, I think we should go there. What did she say the place was? The reserve. It's for if, if a new god ever appears. Hmm. Well, well, I can think of four. Who may have a place there. And indeed, there's quite a tract of land here. Like, it would be several miles on what would be kind of the northern side, the uh, eastern side of that curve mm-hmm. of the Divine Loop as y- you come around. And, you know, like I said, there's, there's miles and miles of land there, but it's untended and unused, so it's just kind of open. And there it is. But if you guys kind of walk uh, around the road, there's a certain point where now that you're kind of paying attention, Father Becker, I don't want to say that you feel a pull but you feel like there's there's possibility that maybe your connection with your god is a little easier in some spots here. I'll I'll try to uh, try to map out those spots. Um, like okay. uh, like if there's a walk around, if, if there is there a particular place or or some general location. So you don't necessarily think that the place is wrong, but maybe you think that the time is wrong. I see. You know, Roddy. Last time you had a gut feeling. We um we found uh. Well, you've, we found a member of my family. So I'm inclined to trust your uh, gut. I mean, I just it's a feeling, but uh, Father, what are you thinking? No, I, I, I feel the same. This is a place that's important to us. I feel it's a place that's important to Imran, but maybe maybe this isn't the time. Come back tomorrow? Oh, I, I don't know if In the daylight, that's the man, case. Or... You, you kind of feel the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're like, there's something of a pull here yet, but it's not yet. It's not something as simple as come back tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. more of a... The, things are not aligned just right yet. I think maybe there's more to be done before we should come back here. Right. Well, we've got two options, lads. We can go sleep. Or... Mm-hmm. We could go drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could use an ale. Cheerian. Still work that needs to be done. Yes, there are many casks of ale to tap. <laughs> I thought that meeting was going to go a completely different way. To be honest with you, I'm a bit sour over it, so I'm with Roddy. Bureaucracy is bureaucracy is bureaucracy. I don't care what the continent is. I'm becoming jaded. Should have brought the whole thing down off on him. I say we get one mug and then we head home. Sure. How big of a mug? 
Well, they come in courts. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. Hmm. And I think the four of us walk off. All right. Well, you guys head off to get yourselves another drink. And uh, maybe you do a little planning and figure out what your next move is. But we are going to figure that out on the next episode of the Adventures Vault podcast. Huzzah! I think we should drink. Time to drink. Drink.